athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. You're locked in to the Dopey Show on radio from the press box to press row. I am your host, Donald Ware. We got so much to get to on today's program. Hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving, had time to spend it with family and friends. I know I did. Listen, if you're anything like me and, you know, my wife and I have three children that are in the house and we're always running around, always doing something with them. I have, you know, this to do and what I generally have to do on the weekends. It was just good. And and we didn't go anywhere uh, specifically or in particular. Well, we didn't go anywhere, really. Generally, what uh, we've done in years past is we would go to the Salvation Army in Raleigh and we would volunteer on Thanksgiving morning. We've done that the last couple of years. We did not do that this particular year. We just, you know, we just relaxed a little bit. And I think you have to kind of do that sometime. We had to uh, just an opportunity to kind of unwind and not do much of anything and it felt good to be honest with you um and so really the last couple of days haven't been doing a whole lot it's been a crazy crazy uh football season really and just a crazy crazy year just sort of really running around doing a lot of different things um like i said with my children they they're into the you know we're they're into the robotics but then uh a couple of them play you know two of them play uh softball and, and baseball so those seasons have winded down and so we're winding down and I uh, got a chance to have a phenomenal Thanksgiving. A lot to get to today on from the press box to press row. Of course, when it's Thanksgiving weekend, that means Grambling and Southern Thanksgiving weekend always means Grambling and Southern. And uh, so we're going to get into that on today's program, breaking down that game, because the Western Division of the SWAC is going to be determined by that football game on Saturday, as it has been for the last several years. It's been that way for the last several years, as a matter of fact. And speaking of such, the head football coach of Southern, Dawson Odoms, is in his second season, and he's going to join us today here on from the press box to press row um, got a lot to get to on the program certainly a lot has been made um, about our me about the HBCU football coaches and media polls the box to row coaches and media polls on social media so gonna you know listen uh, I, I'm gonna talk a little bit about that because I think uh, I think it needs to be talked about um, uh, with respect to why teams are ranked where they are. I have no problem 
uh, with really talking about that. And so I'm going to talk about that today on the program. I know a lot of people, you know, particularly Florida A&M people feel like Florida A&M should still be number one. I mean, I'll, I'll say this. What I'm going to do is I will I'm, I'm going to say a couple of things. Um, first and foremost, with respect to the coaches and media polls, and let's start with the, the, the coaches poll. Uh, we have as voters for the coaches poll, um, the coaches uh, of the HBCU football uh, teams, the division one schools, they are the ones that vote each and every week have done a phenomenal job. I mean, an absolutely fabulous job in the 11 seasons that we've been doing the uh, the coaches poll. They've done a tremendous job. They continue to do a tremendous job on the media side. Um, we have media members around the country, media members around the country that vote on the poll each and every week. Um, and, and our media members consist of uh, those that cover a, a, a specific school for a uh, for a daily newspaper. Um, those media members consist of of those that cover HBCU football, generally speaking, uh, those media members consist of those that do radio on the HBCU realm. So it's all HBCU folk. And uh, again, and, and and by the way, also those that cover HBCU football for our weekly newspapers or a couple of our weekly newspapers uh, as well. So we have a great mix. We have a mix of those that cover teams from the SIAC, the MEAC, the CIAA and the SWAC. And then, as I mentioned, uh, generally speaking as well. So it's 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 really a phenomenal list of folks that cover um, HBCU football in the media poll and and those media members do an absolutely fabulous job so i'm going to talk a little bit about that today on the program as well your participation here on from the press box to press row always warranted hit me up via twitter at box to row b-o-x-t-o-r-o-w or on facebook b-o-x the number two r-o-w Thank you to all of our outstanding affiliates around the country that carry from the press box to press row. For instance, you know, studio still some work still being done at our studio. So right now I am at the facilities of Hot 97.9 in Raleigh. One of our affiliates, as a matter of fact, WAUG has been one of our affiliates, um, as a matter of fact, uh, from the inception of from the press box to press row, not well, the first day that from the press box to press row went on the air, August 20th, 2005, WAUG slash hot 97.9 have been here since that time. We are so excited to have um, them not only as an affiliate, but as a partner and able to uh, to give us some time here uh, to conduct uh, the radio show. I mean, so many great affiliates around the country. I mean, wow. I mean, I try to name some each and every week. WGBN in Pittsburgh. Wow. It's been carrying the program since uh, like February of 2008. Uh, You know, I mean, it's just so many affiliates around the country that carry from the press box to press row. Those that listen to us on Sirius XM channels 141 and 142. And those that listen to us around the world at box to row dot com. I'll tell you what, you know, when you look at the National Football League right now and who's hot and there's no hotter team or hotter player 
in the well, there may be a hotter team. There's no hotter player in the National Football League right now than Lamar Jackson, the quarterback for the Ravens. He's absolutely phenomenal. He's getting it done. And for the I mean, I, I, I felt to me, I fail to understand why such a big deal is being not not of what he's doing. OK, and he's having tremendous success. But, you know, I, I've heard for the last couple of years. Well, you know, he, he, he he's a runner. He, he can't pass. Did you see this kid play at Louisville? If you saw him play at Louisville, definitely he could get it done with his legs, but he could also get it done with his arm as well. It's a it's the reason why he won the Heisman Trophy. He won the Heisman Trophy. Was it was it his sophomore year? Uh, because the following year, I think he was a finalist, but didn't win it. But I mean, if you saw this kid play in college, you knew that he could play in the National Football League. And I don't just mean in terms of with his legs. He is getting it done with his arm. He is super efficient and just an exciting player. I know the easy comparison is to Michael Vick. I think that's the easy comparison. I mean, when you're talking about, especially from a running standpoint, and I still continue to hear people talk about, I mean, when Michael Vick played, Michael Vick, yeah, could run the football, but Michael Vick could also pass the football. You can talk to me about, uh, about the completion percentage, and I realize that a lot of times, especially when we look at the National Football League and you talk about completion percentage, you want the completion percentage to, at the very least, I would say uh, a, a, a solid completion percentage in the National Football League is right in the 65 percentile or higher. I mean, that's high. That's 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 solid. OK. Um, and, uh, you know, it, 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 as long as you're in the 60 percentile, you know, it's 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 good. I mean, the the passing the passing game in the offenses offenses have changed so much that we have a lot of dinks and dunks, a lot of short passes, slants, etc., where the quarterback gets the ball out and then the receiver does a lot of the work. So the you want the percentile to be better. And that, I think, has been across the board when you look at that. Um, I'd say the last, mm, you know, seven years or more, uh, maybe within the last seven years, let's put it like that. Um, but like when I looked at Michael Vick, I don't I, I didn't care. OK, you know, maybe the completion percentage wasn't as high as people would have liked for it to be. But Michael Vick had a strong arm, could throw a left hander could throw the football through a beautiful football, as a matter of fact, used to drop dimes, as a matter of fact. So not only his running ability uh, made him great, but also he as a quarterback overall and the passing aspect of Michael Vick made him a great quarterback, okay, and could have potentially been, you know, a Hall of Famer, maybe if, uh, you know, if if things had been a little bit different uh, with him, uh, guy was really good. I mean, a guy that had that much success uh, was away from the game two, what is it, two, three years, comes back, becomes the comeback player of the year and does all that he did with Philadelphia, I think is absolutely tremendous. So I, I know that's the easy comparison uh, to Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar Jackson, um, at least right now, not quite, but the arm per se but he's completing 67% of his passes, 24 touchdowns. He throws many touchdowns, has had multiple games of throwing 
uh, uh, multiple touchdowns within those games. And he is absolutely electrifying. Like, I think maybe by the time it's all said and done from a running perspective, he would have he may surpass Michael Vick. You look at that run he had a couple of weeks ago when he did the spin move and never really broke stride. Typically, you do a spin move. You kind of go to the side. He kept in stride and kept on going. That was a phenomenal play. So this kid is absolutely dynamite. The the why it's such a surprise that he's been able to get it done is sort of a mystery to me, but that kid is absolutely special. Uh, Lamar Jackson getting it done. This may be a year he stays healthy, um, a year where the Ravens can get back. Kudos to John Harbaugh, who saw his ability, changed his whole offense around him, um, and has really gotten it done, a second win also for John Harbaugh. Still to come here on From the Press Box to Press Row, we're going to be joined by Southern head football coach, Dawson Odoms also talking about the Box to Row coaches and media polls. It's Donald Ware, host of From the Press Box to Press Row. The biggest names are guests on Box to Row. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. Oh, yeah, well, I'm just, you know, trying to get better every single day. You know, um, we've been through a lot as a team. And I enjoy playing with a great group of guys. Hey, this is Ronda Rousey. This is Michael Vick. Hi, this is Layla Ali. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Skylar Diggins. Hey, it's Alex Morgan with the U.S. Women's Soccer Team. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, I was really focused. Yeah, and I was really um, ready and serious and just really, you know, excited. Missed any of these interviews? Then check us out online at www.boxtorow.com. That's from the press box to press row. Real, relevant radio. They want to bury me, I'm worried. I'm losing my mind, look down the barrel line. I'm mind and my business blurry. Falling to pieces and my guilty. I pray to the Lord, but he ignores me. I'm fortunate because I'm guilty. Show me a miracle, I'm hopeless. I'm joking on half a while of smoke. But every joke is like I'm losing focus. Now to come here on From the Press Box to Press Row Southern Head Football Coach Dawson Odoms as the Jaguars 7-4 on the season and are looking to defend their SWAC Western Division crown. Um, this should be a really good football game. I think the thing right now for Grambling, Grambling is super hot. Grambling 0-4 to start the season. Uh, within that 0-4 stretch, a couple of SWAC losses, uh, but the Tigers have really been able to bounce back. They've really gotten it done, six straight wins. Uh, I think, including a win over Allcorn State, a big win over Allcorn State in overtime. And this this promises to be one of the better classics. Um, you know, I thought last year Southern was going to be the team to beat uh, going into the season. Gramlin just had lost a whole lot from the 2017 season. So it's a lot different in that respect, whereas you knew Southern probably was going to win this football game. It was the better team, I thought, uh, coming into the football game. I think the teams are evenly matched um, coming in. Uh, I like the way Grambling is playing from a defensive perspective, but I also like what Ladarius Skelton, the quarterback for Southern, brings to the table. Um, You're looking at a young man now who's completing 60% of his passes, where you look at last year, he was about 52% 
percent, but he's still dynamic in terms of being able to run the football. He presents challenges with both now his arm uh, and his legs. And uh, this just promises to be a really, really good football game. Um, Obviously, the winner of this football game is going to take on Alcorn State next Saturday at Alcorn. So Alcorn has the best record in the SWAC. The SWAC has gone now um, to where the, the SWAC championship game is going to be played on the campus or is played on the campus of the team that has the best record. And right now, uh, uh, Alcorn's only loss on this season was to Grambling. Grambling has two losses uh, in the SWAC. Uh, and and, uh, and uh, so does uh, Southern. Well, Southern has, has the one loss, but the thing about Southern is even if Southern wins this football game, Alcorn beats Southern head to head. So it means that Alcorn uh, is going to host the SWAC championship game. So get into a little bit more of that a little bit later on in the program. Again, Southern head football coach Dawson Odom is going to join us on the program. One last thought with respect to Lamar Jackson, and it's not really about Lamar Jackson. You know, you got to give many, many kudos to Ozzie Newsom, the former general manager for the Baltimore Ravens. You talk about one of the greatest tight ends uh, of all time, Ozzie Newsom, in the Pro Football Hall of Fame um, as a player. And, I mean, you know, you, you could argue I mean, w- with the teams, because Ozzie Newsom's official title his first couple of years was vice president of player personnel. And he was the vice president of player personnel when the Ravens won that first Super Bowl uh, back in what in I think it was a 2000 season won it in 2001 he was the director of player personnel that year um, ultimately but but uh, probably de facto general manager now uh, well towards his latter years was um, the actual title of general manager so um, you know he I mean that last draft class uh, was solid but he moved up to draft Lamar Jackson which, you know, my thinking at the time was that was a that was a great move. I mean, at the time, I think a lot of so-called experts were talking about Lamar Jackson, maybe a second round pick. He may be a third round pick, whatever the case may be. I mean, that was a phenomenal move by Ozzie Newsom to go up, something that he saw in Lamar Jackson. And, and maybe like a lot of us who said, I mean, you see this kid play in college. I mean, and college doesn't always translate to the pros. We're seeing that. It doesn't always translate. Um, but you could see some things with Lamar Jackson last year. Uh, they said, thank you, Joe Flacco, who, by the way, Joe Flacco um, won that Super Bowl. Remember, he wasn't he didn't have the big contract prior to the Ravens winning that Super Bowl in 2012, he gets the big contract. And then you don't really hear from Joe Flacco pretty much after that, although he may, you know, his maybe his last year or the the next to last year in Baltimore, uh, he started to bring it on. But it's like he got the money and that was it. And that had been building for, you know, three, four, five years with Joe Flacco. So John Harbaugh says, why not? Let's go. Uh, let's go with this young kid and we're going to build our offense around him. Even, uh, even, you know, that first year, uh, when the playoffs didn't go so well and, uh, you know, people were still talking about this kid is absolutely legit and you got to give the big assist to Ozzie Newsom, uh, who, you know, you could argue, uh, you know, uh, with the way that he structured these Ravens teams and what he was able to do as an executive, you know, Maybe he could go in 
Um, he's already in the Pro Football Hall of Fame uh, as a player. Uh, really a, a really good executive constructing these uh, these Ravens teams, that first Super Bowl and then the one more recently uh, in 2012. And again, getting Lamar Jackson, who is the phenom of the National Football League currently. So let's talk about uh, transition a little bit and talk about these uh, these the coaches and media polls with respect to Botch the Row. We've had, I, I, I watch uh, on Twitter. I, I don't really um, respond on Twitter when people talk about, I like f- to kind of see what people have to say. Um, at the end of the day, first and foremost, the voters vote. Now, I did have a situation where, you know, someone came at me personally on Twitter uh, trying to talk about a, a, a conflict of interest type of deal. And like I said, I mean, you know, I don't I don't I, you know, you can criticize all day uh, the, the poll. OK, if you want to criticize it, that's fine. Again, we stand behind the voters in the poll. The voters vote. We stand behind those voters and are appreciative of what they do. Nobody's ever going to be uh, totally satisfied, whether it's our poll, whether it's the you know, the 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 FBS polls. The FCS polls, whatever the case may be, uh, when you have team, when you have people that are loyal to a specific team and feel like um, that their team should be higher up or number one or whatever the case may be, um, then you're going to have that type of thing. So let let me break it down a little bit and break it down this way and, and just looking at the polls. So the coaches poll, uh, Alcorn State number one received the majority of the first place votes. North Carolina A&T received just one first place vote, but from a uh, from the points is number two. Florida A&M received five first place votes is number three. South Carolina State is number four. Southern is number five, six through ten. Bethune, Cookman, Grambling, Alabama A&M, Prairie View A&M and Alabama State. So those are your top ten teams in the media poll. North Carolina A&T received the majority of the first place votes and outpaced Alcorn State by 11 points. So it's North Carolina A&T, Alcorn State number two, South Carolina State number three, Florida A&M number four, and Bowie State number five. Six through ten looks like this. Southern, Grambling, Bethune-Cookman, Savannah State, and Virginia State. I think where a lot of the outcry was for the poll, uh, the polls wasn't necessarily wasn't necessarily in the coaches poll. I mean, I think we could all agree um, that if Florida A&M loses to Bethune Cookman, which was a shocking loss, okay, that Florida A&M wouldn't be number one. Just like when A&T um, lost to uh, to Florida A&M. Uh, A&T was no longer number one. I think w- in the coaches poll where there's some issue is that A&T is over Florida A&M, even though Florida A&M beat A&T head to head. I can't speak for the po- uh, for the for the voters, nor will I. We will c- always continue to support um, the voters. I mean, so uh, with respect to the coaches uh, coaches uh, poll. What I will say is there are a lot of different factors that go into these uh, polls. I mean, you know, if I'm a voter and let me let me let me not talk about the coaches. Let's go to the, the media poll because I don't want to speak um, for the coaches. And, and But in the media poll, A&T went, was four and went to number one. Florida A&M was one and went to four. So both of those teams traded places. Um, the point of contention is that 
Florida A&M beat A&T. That's the point of contention. And I definitely can understand where the concern would be. Um, you know, I, 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 it's hard for me to address what the voters think. You know, in my thought process, um, I would have had Alcorn State number one, followed by A&T at number two. I would have definitely had A&T over Florida A&M. I think it's a week-to-week deal. I think that's where the voters look at it. Um, for all of those in Rattler Nation with the outcry, don't forget that when A&T beat Florida A&M, and I know it was a head-to-head deal, I get it. A&T was number one. A&T dropped to number four, where Florida A&M rose above everyone else to number one. So don't forget that. I realize it was a head-to-head deal. I think when you lose to Bethune, I think if you're Florida A&M, and you have an opportunity at the H, at the national championship, because at the end of the day, it's a vote. They cannot, the Rattlers cannot participate unfortunately, uh, in the Celebration Bowl cannot be MEAC champs. So this was the Rattlers' opportunity to be uh, 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 voted HBCU national champs. Again, the Celebration Bowl uh, has determined the HBCU national champion, but it's not the determinant of the HBCU national champion. Uh, Tennessee State nor Hampton is involved uh, in the process at the very least. There's other factors, but that's at the very least. If you're fam, you got to handle your business against Bethune-Cookman. That's first and foremost. Um, I, I think if you look at the process, if you look at what A&T, and I'm just, you know, I'm, 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 I'm telling you how I would have looked at this. If I look at this thing, and, and, and again, I would have had Alcorn State number one, but if I look at this thing and just looking at the A&T situation being number one, A&T crushed Bethune-Cookman 47-17, to 17, Fam, you lost to Bethune-Cookman. A&T turns around and beats its arch rival 54 to nothing the next week and is the defending champs three times over of the MEAC now, or, well, they were two times over, now three times uh, in a row, and are the, the two-time defending HBCU national champs. I think that carries weight. I get it. Rattler Nation doesn't want to hear that. I'm just telling you that I, you know, that's the argument that could be made. Uh, for me, it would have been Alcorn A&T. Um, then, boy, with the loss to Bethune-Cookman, I would have gone with South Carolina State number three. Then Florida A&M and, of course, Bowie State losing in the playoffs, I would have had them number five. Those are my thoughts. Give me yours. Hit me up via Twitter at Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. Up next here on From the Press Box to Press Row, Southern head football coach Dawson. Let's continue here on From the Press Box to Press Row as the Bayou Classic, of course, taking place on Saturday in New Orleans. In his eighth season as the head football coach of Southern is Dawson Odoms. Southern currently ranked number six in the Box to Row coaches poll and number seven in the media poll. Actually, I should say number five in the coaches poll, number six in the media poll as Dawson Odom joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Coach Odoms, welcome back to the program. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yes, glad to have you, especially during this week. Um, your thoughts. Team is 7-4 and four on the season. Your thoughts on the way the team is playing right now, especially heading into the Bayou Classic. 
we're winning games in October and, and through November that we lost in September. Although I think our football team has grown tremendously. I think, you know, we've been in some tough ball games. We're, we don't want some games where we haven't played well. And early in September, we lost some games where we didn't play well. But I think we're finding out how to just win ball games. And we've yet to play, you know, in all three phases dominating. Uh, we play in spurts. Uh, we played in spurts where we've been really, really good. Uh, we'll dominate a third quarter and a fourth quarter and, and play skeptical in the first and second. Or we'll dominate a first and second and play lackadaisical in the third and fourth. But since we got to the month of November, uh, we rose to the occasion. And if we can just put 60 minutes together, we're as good as anybody out there. Uh, you look at our two losses. We lost to FAM. Uh, we lost to Alcorn. And we lost those games where we had chances to win. And we didn't win those ball games. And we lost three really close football games. Or we could be sitting here talking about, you know, a different type of football team. We took Memphis, probably played Memphis as good as anybody did in the country, and, and really played really well in the first half. But the second half, it got away from us. So you look at our four losses, we, we lost to really good football teams. And, and we won against the teams we supposed to beat. Going into this Bayou Classic, if we just can play well, for 60 minutes, I think we had as good a chance as, as anybody on the field on that Saturday. Yeah, no question about it. Of course, Memphis nationally ranked uh, in the month of November. You mentioned uh, big wins against Alabama A&M and Jackson State, both who at that time uh, were in contention for the Eastern Division crown. Ladarius Skelton, so it seemed to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, that maybe he got off to a bit of a slow start, but is really playing well for you as of late. Yeah, he got off to a slow start. Uh, we rotated quarterbacks early in the season. Uh, we, we've been blessed. We have three quarterbacks on our roster that started for us. Uh, so the depth at that position is, is really good. Uh, he settled in. Uh, I think he had a lot going on at the beginning of the season mentally. Uh, we got him to a point to where he cleared his mind and started focusing on, on the priorities in life. And since then, he's been remarkable. He's one of the better quarterbacks not only in our conference, but in the country. When you talk about LCS, he's dynamic. It starts with him. He has the ability to beat you with his arm. He has the ability to beat you with his legs. And if he plays well, man, our offense is tough. Uh, Coach Barry and our offensive staff has done an outstanding job of taking taking our offense and pairing it to his skill set and what he's good at. And I think since we've done that going down the stretch, uh, they're starting to produce at the level we thought they would produce at the beginning of the season. I think it's a great point because especially when you look at his completion percentage and I know, you know, when you when you looked at him last year, you know, he was sort of uh, really sort of getting into the mix. But right now, completing 60 percent of his passes. Can you speak to that um, and, you know, how much how much better uh, he's throwing the football? If you look at last year again, albeit first year, he completed 52 percent of his passes. That's a big jump. Uh, from last year? Well, Coach Leone, our quarterback coach, is, you know, he's outstanding. He's coached the all-time leading passer, and he's continued to develop Ladarius Skelton. And I think when you when you look at it, it has to start with him. He's done an outstanding job of, of working the mechanics and getting Ladarius Skelton to be a, a progression quarterback. He goes through his reads. He's, he's familiar with the offense in his second year. Uh, and I think it's just – Preparing the offensive scheme to fit his strength. A lot of times, 
I think offensive coordinators get caught up in what they're good at, and they forget to look at what the players are good at. And what we've done is that we, we took some steps back and said, let's look at what Ladarius Skelton is good at, and let's get our offense back centered around him. And since we did that evaluation, we pulled the plays that we know he's really good at and that our offense is really good at, and it's been a perfect marriage. Dawson Odoms in his eighth season as the head football coach at Southern joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Of course, the Jaguars set to play the Tigers on Saturday in New Orleans, the SWAC's Western Division on the line, whereas the Jaguars are the defending Western Division champions. Is how how When you look at this season, Coach Odoms, can you compare it to any other season, can you compare it to your, you know, to your, what was that? Was it 2014 when, or 2013 or 14 when you won the SWAC championship? Can you compare this season to any other season where you've been uh, successful? Uh, yes, I think anytime you get to this point in the season, you have to look at, you know, prior seasons because uh, that experience is what helps you going down the stretch. Uh, we, we sort of set our schedule uh, in September, October, and November. And we want to be at a certain place in November. We always want to get to November with a chance. Uh, if you look at our records in October and look at our records in in November, uh, we're, we're like 40 and 10 in those two months since we've been here. So that's a true testament of a really, really good football team at the right time. Uh, we know that in the SWAC, once you get to October, it's playoff atmosphere every week because it's not like you got to just win your side. It's overall, and you don't play everybody. So the games that count, you got to win. So what I try to do is look back at, you know, the things that we've done successful in October and November and see how it fits this football team. Well, some things work for this team that we've done in the past. Some things we did in the past will not work for this football team. So we have a process in how we do things, and we follow that process. But we have to add some things or take some things away depending on the football team. And I think that's what makes really good head coaches is being able to evaluate your football team. And we were 2-3 and three coming out of September, and then you look at what we've done so far going down the stretch, uh, we have a chance to go uh, seven and one down that down the stretch, and that's what's really really good about our football team and our approach to November. And I think when you look at it that way, uh, that's why we've been so successful. And you know, and I think that's why I draw the parallels from previous experiences. You know, this would seem to be a pretty hectic week. You're talking about the Bayou Classic in of itself, with all that comes. With that on Saturday, it's you know obviously Thanksgiving uh, on Thursday, but you you uh, and your staff have been able to settle into this thing right now in your eighth season. Can you speak to that and you know sort of being able to being familiar with it now, where it uh, you know it doesn't uh, not, I don't want to say bother, but you know what I mean. You're you're used to it now, and you know it's it's like no big deal. Uh, I think it's just the lay of the land. I think you understand that every year you're going to play the Bayou Classic, and it's a game that means a lot to to our fan base, our institution, uh, 
And it's just a game that each year, uh, five out of the seven years that I've been the head coach at Southern, is come down to Grambling, uh, playing Grambling State Tigers for a chance to go to the uh, championship and give you an opportunity to win the West. And I think that's why you choose Southern University is to be able to play in big games. And we played in them. Uh, you look at down the stretch who we had to play. Uh, you had to play Alabama A&M, a team that was really playing well. And you had to find a way to beat them. Purdue A&M was sitting atop your conference. Uh, they had one loss at the time. Uh, we didn't have any losses. And you had to, play, you had to beat a really good Purdue A&M team. And then you look at Jackson State, who was in the hunt, and Alabama A&M beat you. It's a rivalry game, so you got to get up and you got to play them. You get a bye week, now you got to get up and play Grambling. And if you beat them, you got six days to get ready, and you go play another rival that's done done had your number and play them in a championship game. And then two weeks later, you got to go play in a celebration bowl. You win that game, so it's like there's no time to rest and. It's stat like that because we play this Thanksgiving Day game, and our team don't get a whole lot of rest at the end of the season. You got to get up, you got to get ready to play, and that's why you need an experienced football team going down the stretch. Yeah. Last thought with Dawson Odoms, the head football coach at Southern, who joins us here on the program. You beat Grambling on last year to uh, to secure that SWAC uh, Western Division. What are some of the concerns that you have about the Tigers going into this game on Saturday? Well, defensively, they've improved against the run. They're very good against the pass. Uh, their secondary is optimistic. They create turnovers, interceptions, and I think that's their strength is being able to pressure your quarterback and get him to rush some throws or make some bad throws, and they capitalize on it. And offensively, it starts with uh, Hitchbottom. I think he's done a great job uh, being a dual-threat quarterback. He throw the ball extremely well. They have some talented receivers, and they have the ability to, to beat you with him throwing and running, similar to our quarterback. And then special teams, I think Mendez is one of the better kickers in our conference. So they have some talent. They're very good. It's a reason they won six in a row. So they come in down the stretch as one of the hottest football teams uh, in our conference, and I think they won six in a row. We won five out of six, so – it's, it's, it's typical body classic. Uh, usually the two best teams on the West have been Southern and Grambling. And, again, they get a chance to showcase their programs to the world at why their schools are, are well-known. Their fan bases usually have uh, traveled very well to the Bayou Classic. We had 67,000 last year. Uh, we expect nothing less than that this year and show the world why we think the Bayou Classic is one of the better classes when we talk about HBCUs. Yeah, no question about it. Again, in his eighth season as the head football coach of Southern is Dawson Odoms, won a SWAC championship back in 2013, uh, and the Jaguars are the defending Western uh, Division champions of the SWAC, again, taking on Grambling on Saturday in New Orleans. Coach Odoms, we appreciate the time. Continued success to you and the Jaguars. Always a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Go Jags. Southern head football coach Dawson Odoms doing a tremendous job in eight years as the head football coach of the Jaguars. I think he's done a, an, an exceptional job um, and, and uh, continues to do so. Uh, he's got Ladarius Skelton at his, as his quarterback. The defense, I think, has improved. Uh, and that, that's going to be a really good football game in New Orleans 
on Saturday against Grambling. Again, Yo, the Western Division crown of the SWAC comes down to this football this game. More the from the press box to press row on the, on the other side. It's Donald Ware, host of From the Press Box to Press Row. The biggest names are guests on Box to Row. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. Oh, yeah, well, I'm just, you know, trying to get better every single day. You know, uh, we've been through a lot as a team, and I enjoy playing with a great group of guys. Hey, this is Ronda Rousey. This is Michael Vick. Hi, this is Layla Ali. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Skylar Diggins. Hey, it's Alex Morgan with the U.S. Women's Soccer Team. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, I was really focused, yeah, and I was really um, ready and serious and just really, you know, excited. Missed any of these interviews? Then check us out online at www.boxtorow.com. That's from the press box to press row. Real, relevant radio. It's Donald Ware. From the press box to press row. Big upset in college basketball on Tuesday as Stephen F. Austin defeated number one Duke in overtime by two points. Uh, A basket right at the buzzer, layup right at the buzzer, propelled Stephen F. Austin to the victory. Duke had won 150 straight um, home games against non-ranked non-conference opponents. Uh, That is a tremendous mark that goes all the way back to the 2000 season. I've had a chance to be in Cameron Indoor Stadium uh, quite a few times on the campus of Duke. One of my most memorable moments, as a matter of fact, at Cameron Indoor uh, was back in December. It was after Christmas of 2000 uh, when J.J. Miller of North Carolina A&T, then of North Carolina A&T, had 35 points at Cameron Indoor. A&T, I still think, still ended up losing that game by like 30 points. But A and, uh, but J.J. Miller had a phenomenal game. This was Jay Williams' freshman, uh, well, it was his sophomore year because it was Chris Duhon's freshman year. It was uh, Shane Battier's senior year. Uh, J.J. in that game was just throwing all kinds of teardrops um, over Duke in the lane. It was a, a good performance. A&T still got beat uh, pretty good in that game, but uh, for Stephen F. Austin to come into Cameron Indoor and, uh, and 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 be able to knock off Duke, I mean that is absolutely big kudos. You know we're all about the smaller programs here on from the press box to press row, and so when Stephen F. Austin can can uh, can can get that done, um, that is absolutely big. You you know you had uh, Kentucky uh, losing a little bit earlier uh, in the year. Uh, getting upset as the number one team. So, you know, we have, uh, you know, we have some smaller programs that are really starting to come up. But you you got to know uh, that um, when Stephen F. Austin gets into Southland play, it, it, it's going to be tough. I mean, that's generally that's generally how it happens. You, 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 you know, you beat a team maybe that you're not supposed to beat and in conference play is always tough, um, you know, and so it's one of those deals. Again, you look at Evansville and 
and Evansville beating uh, beating Kentucky. Evansville are getting its conference, and then, you know they may win the conference, but they're not going to go undefeated in conference play. And you know if you're you know if you're in Evansville or you're a Stephen F. Austin, you definitely played well um, above your heads on that on that particular day. And uh, you know, and and it's just great. I think it's just great for college basketball. It's great for some of our smaller programs would like to see it um, a little bit more, uh, particularly as it relates um, to our HBCU programs. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know. Have we, you know, it's been a while since we've had, you know, one of those colossal upsets. I mean, you know, my, my memory is not as sharp as it, as it's been, uh, you know, seems like if I go back, uh, to Norfolk State, uh, when Norfolk State was the 15 seed, knocked off Missouri, who was the two seed. I don't remember uh, what Norfolk State was ranked um, at that time, uh, but obviously, if you're a number two seed, that probably is going to make you at least uh, at least a top 10 uh, ranked team in the country. So, um, you know, you know, you'd like to see it a little bit more. Uh, from some of uh, some of the HBCU schools, but at the end of the day, it's it's always great. It's I think it's great um, for college basketball. It's a great experience. I mean, to be able to come to Cameron Indoor if you're Stephen F. Austin, uh, to be able to come to Cameron Indoor and uh, to be able to, you know, to be able to win a game like that, I think is um, is absolutely tremendous. I mean, if you go back um, in in time. Uh, you know, it's it's hard to, you know, to have the, the information right in front of me. But, you know, look at Southern basketball. I mean, Southern basketball has a good history, maybe not a lot of wins, but they've taken teams to the brink in the past. You remember, you know, if you look at, you know, the Kentucky game back in 88, and then, of course, um, uh, the Jaguars able to in 93 defeated Georgia Tech in the first round. Um, you know, going back. I mean, I know that's going back some years, but I'm, I'm just talking about specifically um, for our teams. And again, just a very, very, very good win for uh, Stephen F. Austin uh, in terms of being able to beat Duke. So, again, I got some big uh, a big football game this weekend. Uh, when you look uh, at the uh, matchup in New Orleans between Southern and uh, and Grambling and uh, you know when I look at the Grambling offense you know Hickbottom is uh, is you know he 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 the quarterback and he he was I don't know he he had some struggles um, shall we say a little bit early on in the season but I think he's really um, sort of starting to really come around right now so I think when you look at uh, at, at Grambling from an offensive perspective. Um, I think they're they're playing well, but not only that, you know, again, they're a hot football team. Six straight wins. You didn't know. And remember, you know, the two losses early on and they had, you know, they had they had a couple of FBS opponents. But remember, a couple of their losses early on weren't all to FBS opponents. There was a loss uh, to Alabama State. And then, of course, uh, don't forget about the loss also to Prairie View A&M in the State Fair Classic. So, you know, Grambling got off to the slow start 0-4 uh, on the season, but really has rallied for six straight wins, including a big win, huge, absolutely huge win, okay, against Alcorn State. That was a big-time football game. 
Um, you know, you look at Hickbottom, he's completing right around 61% of his passes, um, 11 touchdowns to one interception on the season. And, you know, he's going to have to be good. He's going to have to be good. You know, you have a Southern team that's going to be able to uh, look to really get some pressure on Hickbottom. They're very much aware. And you, you heard Coach Odoms mention that. They're very much aware uh, of what Hickbottom uh, really can bring to the table. But not only with his arm, with his legs as well. I mean, he's a guy much like Ladarius Skelton, um, who definitely can do some damage. I think uh, I think Ladarius Skelton is is a much more dynamic running back. But I think at the end of the day, um, you know, this promises to be a really really good football game. Um, one in which uh, it, it really can go either way. Like it's hard for me to really say, okay, who is going to win this football game. I mean, I think I think if you look at Grambling, Grambling is hot. Uh, I think if you look at Southern, Southern is starting to play better. You know, it was a little bit, you know, they got off to a bit of a slow start as well. Let's not forget that, um, you know, the loss to, to Alcorn State, uh, whereas, it, you know, it, 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 I'm not going to say it was a convincing win by Alcorn, but Alcorn, you know, beat them by more than 10 points in that football game. So, uh, you know, it's one of those deals hard to really make a prediction uh, in this football game. Um, I just know that it's going to be a great football game. um, And the winner of this football game obviously is going to take on Alcorn State um, uh, next Saturday uh, on the reservation in Lorman, Mississippi. Either way it goes, um, uh, you know, you look at the SWAC and I tell you what, some exciting football, some exciting times um, in SWAC football uh, in this Celebration Bowl should be exciting. Um, you know, just potential matchups, uh, A&T, uh, you know, in, in just in just in just talking with Sam Washington, the head coach, he said it doesn't you know, it doesn't really matter in, t- in terms of talking with some of the players. I think everybody agrees, however, um, that uh, that the Aggies uh, are more familiar with. With Alcorn State, because having played Alcorn State last year, having played Alcorn State in the first Celebration Bowl, um, and 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 A&T did play Grambling back in 2017 as well. Um, so I think I think if you're an if you're an A&T fan, um, you know it could go either way. I mean, it's it's mostly about A&T and its preparation right now and what A&T um, is going to do. Um, but I think another key in this football game for Grambling. Um, is not being able to have Mullins. Mullins got into some uh, the defensive uh, linemen got into um, you know got into some trouble. I think that is going to be key because he was having you know a really really good season. He was unfortunately charged with uh, domestic abuse. Will he play um, in this fo- in this football game? Um, you know I don't you know as we stand right now I'm not sure. But I tell you what I mean he. You know, that's going to be if he's not in this football game, I think from a defensive standpoint uh, for Grambling, that is going to be absolutely huge for the Tigers in terms of not having his presence. He has I mean, he has been really I mean, he's been really, really good for the Tigers um, so far. This season has had, you know, a season where he's had and just looking at some of his numbers here, 37 tackles, 11 and a half tackles for loss seven sacks on the season. That is a huge blow not to have um, that kind of pass rush from him. 
and uh, and what he can present in terms of the challenges rushing uh, the quarterback and then also his tackle for loss ability coming off that edge. If you try to run it wide, especially to his side with his quickness, uh, you may you know it may not work out for you too good. So that's going to be an absolutely huge loss for the Grambling Tigers. Still expecting a big time crowd um, at the Mercedes Benz. Uh, Superdome there in New Orleans for this big time football game between Southern and Gramlin. Got to get ready to wrap it up here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Don't forget, over the next couple of weeks around this time of year, I'm in a giving mood. So I'm going to be giving my grades uh, to all of the HBCU uh, football teams and specifically focusing on on the teams from the SWAC, SIAC, MEAC, uh, and CIAA, as well as Tennessee State uh, and Hampton as well. The next couple of weeks, as a matter of fact, not this upcoming week, but the next week, the Box to Row All-America team will be announced. So you want to look out for those things. You can do that by logging on to our website at BoxToRow.com. Also, don't forget about the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. We keep this thing rocking and rolling uh, Monday through Friday uh, from now. Of course, we didn't have a daily podcast on Thursday or Friday, but essentially from now uh, until the fr- uh, until uh, December the 20th. So tell a friend about the HBCU Football Daily Podcast where you can download uh, or listen online at BoxToRow.com. Continue to have a wonderful Thanksgiving weekend, and I'll talk with you on next week. And always remember to support those that support Yo, from the press box to press row is presented by DW Communications. In your victory, you push your power.